The Sewing Club podcast is recorded on Turrbal and Yuggera country. We pay our respects to the elders past and present. Welcome to the Sewing Club podcast. It's an audio book club, but for sewing. I'm Kylie from Kylie and the Machine. And I'm Gemma from Sewing Gem. Today's episode yeah. is the drum roll. Maybe we yes, do need the yeah. drum. Drum roll, <laughs> drum roll, please. <laughs> we searched, we didn't have to search very far for one of the most popular sewing patterns in this era. The Zadie jumpsuit from Paper Theory. Before we get to that though, I'm Kylie from Kylie and the Machine. I have a sewing background uh, since my mum made my clothes as a kid. She taught me how to wind a bobbin, but I didn't really get into it until after I was pregnant with my first son. I made a few quilts and then I decided garments were way more fun. I basically learned how to sew from sewing patterns. So that's why this is really special to me because when I was sitting in my basement in Canada, I was learning really amazing skills from really detailed instructions that I found in some kids' patterns. And they transferred into the patterns that we make today for ourselves, for adults. So my experience is learning from patterns. And if you don't know how to sew, and I'm assuming, Gemma, you get people asking you, how do I start? Start with sewing patterns and specifically start with indie sewing patterns. So I started my business over five years ago and that has taken up nearly every inch of my time and this podcast is special to me because it pushes me to make something that I'm going to enjoy and then I get to talk about it I get to geek out over it and I hope that you enjoy listening to our ramblings. Hey I'm Gemma from Sewing Gem. My sewing passion I guess began after I had my second daughter and for me it was a really important outlet in the evenings after doing all the kiddie stuff I would sit at my machine and I would make I have two girls I would make them dresses and various things and I realized that sewing was just really important to my day to day it gave me the escapism that I needed and I am all about encouraging other people to get on board with that because it's such a a special hobby to me at least. So I also started my business five years ago and it has taken up a lot of my time too and so I'm excited to be making more patterns, to have deadlines to make patterns so that it might actually happen. We need the deadlines. We do need the deadlines. And I hope that, you know, my sewing experience, which was once I started making all these dresses, I started going to classes and much like Kylie, using patterns to help me learn things. And I sort of immersed myself in in the whole sewing journey. And I hope that this podcast will help people to also get on board with that and that we can learn from our mistakes to hopefully help you guys. Sewing Gem is an online sewing retail business and we sell a mixture of patterns and fabric and haberdashery. Uh, Sewing tools are probably our real niche thing because I personally love a sewing tool. I don't think you can ever have too many. One of our customers said that sewing tools are stationary. Absolutely. And who doesn't love stationary? (laughs) (laughs) You also stock a lot of corsetry things. I do. And that's something that we've moved into more recently because I am someone that tends to make 
big project structured dresses rather than the everyday garments which is why I think this podcast will be really good for me so yeah we now stock a lot of corsetry stuff so if you're like me and you like making you're further down in your sewing journey and you like making structured things I hope that we'll be able to supply those things for you to be able to do that because it's they're not always easy to get hold of it seems like you've sourced all the best quality things and all the parts and things that you need to to do that properly it's not your cheap fast fashion way of making corsets which you might be familiar with it's more of the steel boning and things like that yeah I'm yet to venture there (laughs) well it's probably you know it's not for everyone and I get that but I think when you know you do want to get hold of that stuff it's nice to know that you can because I myself struggled to find those things when I first started getting into that aspect of sewing Mm -hmm. Um, so that's yeah that's what I've tried to do absolutely and we met right around about that time didn't we like that sort of four or five years ago and we met for like a quick coffee that turned into like a four-hour thing and we were like oh we better get back to our families now (laughs) we we had a lot to share and a lot to say and we were right at the beginning of I guess starting our businesses and there were lots of ideas buzzing around in our heads and Mm -hmm. yeah it was a it was a good first coffee (laughs) yeah that was that was and then when we were thinking about podcasts and I sort of thought I can't do it on my own. I need a co-host. We need to have someone to, to bounce ideas off. And I immediately thought of you because you have different skills to me and you have a different background and you've been taught from, you know, actual people mm-hmm. in couture style and I don't have that experience at all. And that's what makes us different and we can have different things to share, which is going to be good. Well, I feel really honoured to be part of this and I'm really excited. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, let's get to the pattern. When was the first time that you saw the Zadie? Now that is a good question because I have seen a lot of Zadies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well... I don't know the answer to that, When you have a business and people use the fabrics or the labels or whatever, so they end up tagging you. So you end up seeing what are the things that people are sewing, what are the popular patterns, and I have seen so many Zadies. And they all look fantastic, and that's what we love about them. That's right. (laughs) And we looked into it a little bit deeper on Instagram at the recording, which is in October 23, there was 15,000, over 15,000 No posts. way, that's crazy. So to say it's popular <laughs> is a bit of an understatement. It's basically viral. Yeah. It's a viral pattern, I would say. For the listeners that have never heard or never seen a Zadie jumpsuit in their life, what does the Zadie jumpsuit look like? Well... The Zadie jumpsuit has, well, it comes in two options. You've got short sleeves or you've got long sleeves. It is a crossover wrap, effectively a pantsuit. It has a wrap and it ties at the front. It has tucks at the front and the back. And it is finished off with bias binding around the neck. And it has pockets. It does have pockets, very important, and they fit an iPhone. They do. We've (laughs) tested it. I have had to alter many pocket pieces in specifically a lot of the older patterns that I started making, you know, say 10 years ago. Phones have gotten a lot bigger since then. And if I go back and make something from the past, I'm often adding to the shape of the pocket just to fit my larger iPhone in. And 
for this pattern, I didn't have to make any adjustments like that. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea, actually. Always checking the pocket pattern piece with your phone before you cut it out of the fabric Mm because it's going to be so easy just to add a little bit on to make sure that your phone's going to fit. And yeah, in this day and age, it's a pretty essential thing. Let's be real. If it doesn't fit your phone, you're not going to use the pocket. I actually hadn't made it before. Me neither. And so I was really excited to make it. I definitely needed to get on board and I would say after having made it I can totally see why it is as popular as it is. Me too and I don't know why it took me so long. I think it's just that I have a very long queue of garments that I would love to make and now that I've made one it comes together really quickly and I think that I will definitely make more. I know why I didn't make it and that was because it was a wrap which for me I've always generally steered away from Mm. but I have to say it is one of the most flattering wrap garments that I've ever put on and I'm it's sort of reintroduced me to the idea that I can wear a wrap garment. I've also thought the same I'm small chested and wrap tops are sometimes better for uh, fuller chests but this actually really works for so many different body shapes so many different sizes and it's very versatile. I would agree with that so I'm often have the opposite problem and will have to do a full bust alteration which can be a real pain because before you even start sewing you have to start playing around with the pattern and I didn't need that at all. I think the the cut of the garment is actually quite generous and that allows you to play with it and and really just take it in in the places that you need to. That's exactly right. We spoke to Tara earlier in the week. Tara is from Paper Theory. When she started the company, she was living in the UK and she actually has a lot of background in in fashion as a pattern maker, but she started the pattern side of the business for us so that we can make her patterns. And she said that this pattern was designed to work for people of all shapes. You know, you've got your apples and your pears and you've got people that are small chested and big chested and she said that because of the way that it ties up it's so secure and I I agree that it does work for so many different types of bodies and that is one of the reasons why it is so loved in the sewing community. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's just got a really good cut about it. And you can see that Tara really knows what she's doing. So thank you very much, Tara, for creating patterns for us home sewists. She said that in order for something to make it into her pattern line, she has to make it, wear it and reach for it all the time. I like that. And I can see how, particularly in Brisbane in the cooler months, this would be something that you would definitely reach for. Yes, and it comes with two options, a long sleeve and a short sleeve version. So we really wanted to know who was Zadia, what inspired the name of the pattern. So we spoke to Tara to find out. The pattern is name, like the namesake is the author, Zadie, Zadie Smith. She's a British author. She does lots of books on sort of living in multicultural societies and that sort of thing. And I was just, I was really inspired by her. Like she's just incredibly beautiful. And I had finished reading one of her books and I'd gone to see her talk at the Hayward Gallery. And all of my patterns are named after female artists for no other reason than that's just, they're the sort of people who inspire me generally. And so, yeah, that one, that pattern is named after her. Although she's not, you know, not specifically because she's the sort of person who would embody that style. I just sort of, I just make my patterns (laughs) And then I pick a name for them sort of later, basically. 
That's awesome. The Zadie jumpsuit's named after an author. And I looked her up. I'm actually adding it to my wish list in audiobooks. So I'll be listening to that soon. So there was also a little bit of spice around the pattern as well, which I guess is inevitable with a pattern that is as popular as the Zadie. Yes, it was hard to watch at the time because it was really brazen and I really felt for Tara because I know that it must feel terrible having people do that to you. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. I kind of, I understand because I come from a fashion background, so I know how devious and cutthroat and uh, lazy the fashion industry is in general Um, but yeah I guess there you know some have offended me more than others so the one that I think you're referring to in particular which was an Australian company what really got me was they made no changes they just literally take my patterns put send them straight to the factory but they only released like the sizes six to like 18 I think and then I could see people commenting and saying oh this would be good in a bigger size and they're like just refusing to acknowledge that I'm like you've got the sizes there already you know (laughs) like it hasn't cost you anything to develop the extra sizes um and they just choose not to use those and it really that really got me and also the way that they were you know so whenever I see that happen I send them a like a cease and desist letter which is you know it's hard because when you're in different countries, there's not that much that can be done without a lot of expense and time. And even if you do get it to happen, even if you get, do get them to stop selling it, it's still a big anti-climax because you've had to go to deal with all of that legal stuff just for them to stop doing it. And that, that's it. They don't like lose anything. They just stop. And it used to re- it used to emotionally cause a huge kind of reaction for me and I felt like I was being stolen from them and disrespected. As, as I've gotten more used to that, it doesn't affect me as much. I still, it depends how rude people are generally. Like sometimes I'll send a, a cease and desist letter and then they just stop and pretend that it never happened and they delete it from their Instagram. And other people sometimes will send me back stuff going, I don't even know what you're talking about. It, it doesn't look anything like yours. And I'm like, I've Googled the CEO of your company and I, I've got their credit card details having purchased that pattern from me. You know, like it's... You can't pretend that you don't know who I am. I've literally got a record of you buying my patterns from me. In that in that time when the Australian one happened, I know that you were quite outspoken about that. And then a bunch of the sewing people, they just jumped on it, commenting on their posts and saying, oh, you know, this is not right. And I thought like that was the the coolest part. Oh, I mean, it was unexpected, the level of attention and support that I got you know, because I wanted to speak about it just because it had been happening and that one was quite bad. And I knew that that had happened to a couple other indie designers around the same time. And so I just wanted to sort of bring some awareness to it, but I wasn't expecting the level of outrage from the sewing community. And in the end, I almost felt a bit bad because that it was like the, the beehive came out and just completely crashed the internet. And they, their Instagram page went down and they were just getting flooded to the point where the owner of that company was emailing me and going, you're trying to ruin my life and I can't believe you would do this to me. And um, then she was threatening to take me to court for defamation and for harassment and all of this kind of stuff. But in the end, she just stopped selling the pattern. She took it off the website. Yeah, it's such a shame that people have to take other people's work and, and pass it off as their own because there is a lot of work that goes into making a pattern. 
the hours that goes into making a pattern, I mean, from beginning to end, is unbelievable. And probably the pattern makers are the people that actually understand how long they take. So to just come along and take a pattern like that is just, it's just not okay. It's not okay. And leave the sewing community's patterns alone. They're our patterns. Don't take the patterns and put them into fast fashion. That is not what we stand for. Yeah, fast fashion can use their own pattern drafters and come up with what they want to come up with. They do not need to be using patterns from a very small community such as ours. Exactly. But I am very proud of the sewing community for coming to Intara's defence because we really feel like we own these patterns. And providing that support, which is, you know, obviously what she needed at that time. Exactly. She's actually a one-woman show. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. She has someone that helps her with some admin stuff, but she does all of the pattern drafting, the instructions, the sewing of the samples, all of that herself. Incredible. That is so much work involved in that. I know. I would have thought she'd have a big team, but no, just her. Incredible. How did you go with the sizing, Gemma? It was, as it does say in the pattern instructions, a very generous size if you like mm-hmm. um which you know is good in the sense that you can nip it in take it in where you need to depending on your body um but it is a very generous cut yep. i would say i think so too and if you wanted it to be a bit more fitted you could just simply size down because there is a lot of ease and that is how she intended the pattern to be for myself unfortunately i'm actually smaller than the average person i'm quite short and petite and I made the smallest size I think if there was a smaller size I might have made that but I still feel like the fact that I can tie it up tight it does fit me well and it feels nice to have a little bit of a space in between my body and the fabric especially on humid Brisbane days and you know if you actually take the time to read all the information in the front of the pattern booklet she does explicitly say that this pattern is drafted to be a very generous fit so I took my measurements and then I knew automatically that I needed to make the smaller size because I was between two measurements Mm -hmm. so I just opted for the smaller size and it actually worked out pretty well. I made a, a, a few alterations, but yeah, it was generally a, a, a generous, quite a generous fit. Yes, and the pattern does uh, span over many sizes, so it is quite inclusive. I feel it's quite a flattering pattern as well, yes. I think, for, for all sizes. I yeah. think, you know, it would look good on everybody. Yes. Mm. I was more concerned that I wasn't going to feel secure in the wrap, but I... I totally do and I've worn it many times and I've never felt like I couldn't bend over or anything like that. Yeah, I would agree with that and I, I've had, you know, issues in the past with wraps in that <laughs> in that you worry you're going to, you know, expose yourself in some way but no, I didn't have any of those problems with the Zadie. Yes. I wonder if this is Tara's best-selling pattern. It has to be, surely. Oh, I mean, by far, like all of my other patterns put together – times 10 she is still the Zadie still outsells them yeah well it's a very 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 popular pattern clearly yes <laughs> and she's even seen many out in the wild oh wow that must be so cool as a pattern designer just to be walking along and actually see your pattern yes it must be amazing <laughs> yeah I think the thing I love the most about this pattern having made it 
is the versatility because there's so much you could do with it. You make one and then I found myself thinking about a version in in silk that I could wear out for an evening and mm. then also a fleecy version that I could chill out in on the couch, oh, you know. Oh, so cosy. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, I'm also thinking, oh, what about if we turn this into a skirt at the bottom? I could wear it at the beach, like, as a wrap, you know. Well, it's funny you should say that because she's just released an expansion pack. No well, there's 80 because <laughs> people were doing that and she did make a quick um, video here and there, but people really wanted to download something. So she's actually just this week released the expansion pack. So you can just buy that, print it out and you don't have to think and you can go back to your sewing. How exciting. And it's such, it's quite a quick pattern to make, I would say. So yes. it's one of those great sews before you're going on holiday mm-hmm. when you just, you know, need that beach throw or whatever. So that's, that's going to be on my list. Definitely. And I'm at, I am just guessing, but I think that the dress version might even be quicker. Yeah, I, th- I think you'd probably be right there. Yeah, we'll have to test it. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm very keen. I've never worn a wrap dress before, but I think this would be the one that I'll try first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are the things that you think make this pattern really popular? For me, I think the reason it is so popular is because it's accessible to so many level of sewists. Mm. And that is because there aren't any zips or buttonholes. There's no fastenings as such. Mm. And that Mm. means that a beginner sewist to a a really experienced sewist can just pick up this pattern and, and make it. Yeah, I think that having zips or buttons can sometimes be a turn off for people because they don't really want to get into that or they're just feeling anxious about it. And this pattern is great for beginners because the instructions are really good. Yeah, I think you could get from beginning to finish and a finished garment that you'd be happy to wear, even if you haven't sewn many garments before. Absolutely. You know, I think... Most people, when they first start out sewing, have had that incident with buttonholes where they aren't lined up on the placket or something like that. And it's right at the end of the garment and you just feel like you've put, you know, you've worked so hard for it. And then the buttonholes (laughs) just make it (laughs) get thrown in the corner of the room because you're not happy with the finished product. That's right. And I think the Zadie doesn't have that aspect about it. You know, there's not... There's, there's very little on it really that can go seriously wrong and that means mm. that you know we can we get a good vibe when we're sewing it you know yeah it's it's always good to have a win when yeah. you're sewing I think the other thing that makes it a really popular pattern is the speed at which you can put it together like yes. once you've made one and you kind of know how it goes mm-hmm. you can really just you know smash it out smash it out exactly <laughs> and you know have one in every single fabric you know <laughs> if you do it back to back it's even better because if you make one and then all the instructions are fairly fresh in your mind and then you cut out another one straight away and sew it straight away. It goes so fast because you don't have to keep going back. You just go back to the parts that you're just a little unsure about and it's just like flows. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, absolutely. You could have, you know, a rainbow of Zadies. (laughs) I have a confession. I actually cut out a second one when I finished sewing this one, but I haven't sewn it yet. So I hope to get to that soon. Awesome. When you open up a brand new sewing pattern, the first thing you should be doing is going and looking at that sizing chart because like fashion, all sewing patterns are drafted for different blocks. So get out your tape measure, measure all the important parts, the bust, the waist, the hips, and sometimes patterns include length as well, and work out where you sit. So you might be one size in the bust and a different size in the hip 
which is fine because the zaidi is in two parts. So you're literally making the top part in one and then you're making the bottom part with the pants and then you're joining them together. So it doesn't really matter if you've got a bigger bust and a smaller hip or the other way around because you can cut it custom fit to yourself. That's the joy of sewing. Exactly. And that's why we're here. <laughs> and it's also worth just making sure that you're looking or you know whether or not you're looking at the body measurements for the pattern or the finished garment measurements for the pattern um, because they will be different. Yes, and this pattern is does have a lot of ease in it. So you can see the difference between the body measurement and the finished garment measurement. And if you have a pair of pants that you really like, you might look at them, look at how much ease they're in there, and then you could compare that with the pattern. So for me, I came as a smaller size on my, one size smaller on my top and one size bigger on my bottom. But knowing what I knew about the pattern, I just decided to go for that smaller size and that worked out pretty well. Oh, that's a really good tip. Mm. So you didn't have to make a different size top as a different No, I didn't. I, normally I would have, mm-hmm. but I knew that the pattern was going to come up big and mm-hmm. I had heard things about the crotch. So I was kind of thinking that the bottom half was fairly generous, mm-hmm. which is where I was bigger. Yep. So I just went for a straight size. Yep. And here's a tip for any pattern that you're working with. Hold it up to your body in the mirror because you can see straight away if it's going to be too wide, too short, too long, and you can make adjustments on the pattern rather than going through the whole thing from scratch, like straight out of the packet. We're not straight out of the packet. So make the adjustments to the paper before you cut the fabric. And then you might only have to make minor adjustments. And the thing is, if you do it that way, you might end up with a wearable toile or maybe even just a wearable garment that does can just walk out into the world straight away and not have to make a test version or a muslin or a toile, whatever you want to call it. But don't do what I did, which was to make a wearable toil, which ended up not being wearable because I looked like I was wearing scrubs and going into hospital. So I picked a beautiful light blue fabric and made it, put it on, and I was like... I look like I'm wearing scrubs and went out to ask my family whether or not I looked like I was wearing scrubs and everyone agreed I did look like I was wearing scrubs. So it was a little bit unfortunate. (laughs) And that just comes with matching fabric, matching colour, matching everything to the style. And that is something that we all get wrong. Yeah, here and I, there. I, I definitely did. I definitely had a whoopsie there. But I learned a lot about the pattern. It wasn't ever going to be a wearable twirl, but I was able to tweak it at that point to then get the next one exactly where I wanted it to be. And are you happy with the second one? Very happy with the second one, yeah. So let's talk about the crotch. <laughs> the crotch. The crotch, I think, does need to be mentioned for Every, most people. Yes. <laughs> Every person I've spoken to in in real life and I've seen a lot of chatter online and that's basically like it's a very low crotch. Did you find it was low? Absolutely. I felt like MC Hammer. So I did make a quick twirl and I put it on and I thought, this is way too low for me. This is not going to work. So that was the only bit of the pattern that I definitely had to do some some pretty serious alterations on. Yes, and Tara actually mentioned that to us in the very beginning when we said, hey, we'd like to use this pattern for our first episode. And I just held the pattern pieces up to my body in the mirror and I realised that there's no way I would be able to wear that as it is because I am already a petite person and I usually have to make those adjustments. So I made those adjustments straight on the pattern before I even cut fabric. 
I don't usually have to make those adjustments. I'm probably a little bottom heavy, so I was surprised. But it was a very easy alteration to make, though, I would say. Definitely. You one know, of the easiest. One of the easiest. So it's not something to steer away from, but it would be worth being mindful of it before you make it. Do what Kylie did, maybe hold the, the trousers up and just see, you know, what you feel about the, the, where the crotch is lying, basically. Yes, so the underarm. The underarm, curve. yeah. I, I feel that it would be really worth adding into the instructions a point around um, releasing those seam allowances in the underarm because there is a little bit of tension yes. there. And I know that, Kylie, you've done some videos about this mm-hmm. in the past, which I'll is... I'll make a new one because I think it's relevant and these uh, style of garments are not going away with the curve under the underarm. Now, you're looking at... The pattern, it's got the curve, but when you turn the garment right side around, the curve is going the opposite direction. And for that to sit flat, you must release that tension in the seam allowance. And it doesn't mention anything about that in the pattern, maybe because when we talked to Tara, she said sometimes adding all these extra steps doesn't make it that much better. But I think this is something that I would always tell people and this is something that I would always do for myself and I did actually make a quick video when I was making my Zadie to show the difference between one side that had the tension released and the side that didn't and it's very subtle and it's probably just trying to get the best however I think that when you're a beginner you don't know these things so that tip is that you clip into the seam allowance and then you overlock it with the seam fully extended. And there, there are a couple of ways of actually releasing that seam. I actually had a quick look in my uh, Reader's Digest book of sewing and there's a few you know, more involved ways of being able to do it as well. But effectively what you need to be able to do is release that seam. And it is in an underarm area. So for me, I think it's quite important that you've got that no restriction of movement or anything mm. there. So yeah, I think you know, a, quick, a quick snip and an overlock is the way to just solve that problem. And if you haven't done that, you can press a lot. You can get it to sit flat, but the tension release does help. And if you don't do it, it, it sort of pulls. Yeah, it, do, a, it does a pull a little bit. And it's it's probably not noticeable to anybody else looking at you, but I think as the, the person that's wearing the garment, I think you'd be more aware of it. Yes, and that, especially when you first put it on. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I really appreciated with this and – It is because I am on my phone and my computer a lot and I'm always slouching and I'm always sewing and, you know, everything I'm doing is like slouching and sometimes patterns are drafted for people that stand up very straight with perfect posture and this seems to be drafted for having a bit of a forward shoulder adjustment, which, let's be real, we're we're on our phones, we're we're on computers, a lot of us are, and um, sometimes having that already built into the pattern means that it's going to fit the majority of people better so I appreciated that absolutely I'm the same um, and it's actually something that generally tends to happen to us as well as we get older we tend to sort of become more forward shouldered and mm-hmm. so I often have to do that alteration but like you didn't have to with this pattern which was great any parts that were a bit tricky I think for me the trickiest bit and I, and I don't think it's a tricky pattern was probably just curving that bias binding around the curve mm. where the waist is like you had to make sure that you were going to press that properly and catch it when you were sewing it I think that was probably the trickiest bit yes if you're worried about that you could have you could do it in two stages 
in the pattern it does say to do one pass with the binding covering the raw edge and I didn't find that difficult because I've got a lot of experience doing that but if you're less experienced there's different ways that you could do that um, so that you're sewing one side on the inside and then folding it over and top stitching on the outside and even though it might not be exactly what it says in the pattern you might end up with something that is more polished if you're not used to doing one pass with the bias. The other thing I would say if you do decide to do the one pass is that sometimes a little bit of sewing glue um, and a little press of the iron to just hold it in place rather than just using pins, which can, you know, slip more easily. Actually give it some glue, give it a press and then sew it and um, you might find that things don't shift around as much. That's a great tip. It sounds like it would lock it in place. Yeah, exactly right. We want to... Work smart. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I recommend glue in so many different places because there's nothing better to hold it in place than the glue. I love a bit of sewing glue. I love, as you know, a sewing gadget. So, you know, give me me all the tools to make it easier. (laughs) Anything that makes it easier, yes. I did see online that people were saying that the part where the binding joins in the crotch area was a bit funny. I'm not sure what they were talking about. I just saw that comment come up a lot and just maybe that it didn't join nicely, but I personally didn't have any issues with that. Maybe there's a, a you know, a, neat, a neater way of doing it perhaps, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think often as home sewers, we just need to get the garment made. No one's going to see that bit anyway. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I think it looked fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with yeah. it. My pleats didn't line up, but that was actually probably my mistake because I double-checked everything and there was nothing wrong with the pattern. So that was just me. And honestly, it doesn't even matter because there's a tie that covers that. So if your pleats don't match up, don't worry. Just wrap it around and tie it up. Um, and as if you're starting out as well, or even if you're not, because you know this is so easy to do, do just double-check the direction that you're folding your pleats because it's mm. very easy to do them the opposite way around, and then they won't match up. So um, yeah, definitely just do hold the pattern up where you, when you're actually folding the fabric and look at the arrow and make sure you've got it going in the right direction because that will save some unpicking later. I used a really cool tool for the tie, which is the turning tool from Prim because it is like a tube with a stick. It's a really simple contraption, but honestly a game changer when you're making a long tie. So you basically sew the tie inside out, pop the tube in and then poke it with the stick and then keep poking it until it all unravels. And then you've got this perfectly turned tie, which you just need to sort of press and then it's ready to go. I love that idea. I didn't actually use my prim turning set. I used a loop turner, so I turned it inside out that way. But then I used my Clover loop pressing bars to actually press it really flat. Ah. Um, And I found those to be really useful for getting a good crisp press at the end. Yeah, that's a a good tip as well. Another tip with the tie, because I feel like these are the little tiny details that aren't going to be mentioned in the pattern, right? Like when you turn a tube inside out, it doesn't actually want to press the other way exactly at the seam where you've sewn. So I like to press that open before I even turn it inside out. So I press that open and then when you turn it inside out, it's already 
basically done. And then you just have to finger press and press again with the iron on the outside. Are you talking about the seam allowances there, Carly? Yeah. So you press them open and then you turn it on. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Because yeah. you can see, you can kind of push them open and you might not be able to get all the way to the tip if there's, you know, a corner involved, but it at least takes away that long, metre-long pressing and twirling with your fingers and I think as a beginner that's like something you wouldn't realize and as time goes on you learn things about how to handle the fabric and I I also think that our fingers are (laughs) some of the best tools that we have and pressing anything with your fingers before bringing the iron involved is is a really good tip. Agree. What else? Um, I did add something to mine that wasn't in the pattern. I added a facing at the back because it has a center back seam and I didn't do French seams I did overlocking I wanted the top back you know the part that you'd see if it was hanging on a hanger to just be a little bit more finished so I cut a little facing I just cut like a semicircle type of shape and then I attached it and it meant that I had a little facing to attach a label. And I must say I'm quite envious of the finish that Carly's got there and I wish I did the same because it looks, gives it that high-end finish. So I just put my little label in the, the bias binding as I was putting it around the neckline. But when I make my next one, I'm going to borrow Carly's idea and um, have a little facing in mind too because it looks really cool. Yeah, and you'll get to see that on our Instagram. We'll have all the details and us modelling our Zadies <laughs> together. You'll get to see our faces, we'll share our measurements and how we style our Zadie as well. Instagram is sewingclub.podcast. I think it might be worth just mentioning about the join on the bias because I feel like there's an easy fix for this as well, Kylie. Yeah, it's a small gripe, but there's a join in the bias which is in a really kind of front and centre position. For me, it was sort of on my chest area on one of the wraps and I just would like that to be either at the back or further down in the crotch just not somewhere that's going to be visible on my chest area and it's you can't even really see it but I know it's there. That's the problem some uh, so it's like myself can be a little bit you know picky about these things it's nice to just come up with a, a solution to make sure that you haven't got joints in any really obvious places and I think simply you just need to cut your bias a little bit longer and mm-hmm. and and perhaps pin from this the center yes and out and make sure that your join isn't gonna end up on a really obvious part of the garment yeah there was enough but bi- yeah there was enough bias there from the bits included in the pattern that I could have started in the center and work my way out so yeah put the join in the center and then work your way out or even the join could go at the shoulder seam but it would just it just ended up at the front chest which I didn't like yeah so talking about changing the crotch because this is probably something that you might need to do if you don't like a low crotch is that curve needs to be higher now you can do this in a couple of different ways Gemma and I both did it differently and I actually think that Gemma did a better job of it because when what I did is I just took the length out of the top of the trouser pant. Now, what that did is it shortened the crotch, but it also shortened the pants and they ended up being shorter than I, than I wanted them to be and I added an extra strip onto the hem just so that it was the right cropped length, but the way you did it was more proper. But adding it on the bottom does look really cool because you've got like 
little turnips now, which I look. If you ever see any details that aren't from the pattern on anything I've made, it's generally (laughs) a mistake that I've fixed and just made it work. It worked well. (laughs) (laughs) Now I just uh, raised my crotch, I think by about five centimeters, and then drew it into the to the you know to meet the original line of the garment, and that worked pretty well. I did have to lengthen mine as well Um, in the leg. uh, Yeah, I wouldn't say I have you know hugely long legs, but I probably have perhaps slightly longer than average and I just preferred a slightly longer mm-hmm. length so yeah once once I'd done those alterations I was pretty happy with the, the fit of the pants. Mm-hmm. I took out an extra five centimeters of that crotch bit that I'm talking about and then I took out another five centimeters in length in the bodice yeah which I, I was second guessing when I was cutting it out because it I was I thought oh no it's going to be too short but it actually worked out really well and that all comes from holding that pattern piece up before cutting. I had to do quite a lot of alterations in the back of the pattern. I do have a, quite a sway back, which is a bit of a pain, but I had to sort of take quite a lot out of that centre back seam. But the brilliant thing about the pattern is the fact that it does have a centre back seam. So mm. it's so easy to do that. And, you know, I was able to get the kind of fit that I was looking for. Is it actually curved? Yeah. Your centre back seam? It is. Oh, great. Yeah. And, and, and usually is. And it's just the way it has to go. <laughs> I actually wonder what the point of a centre back seam is sometimes when the garment doesn't need any fitting. Is it just a design feature or, or is it just so that we can cut it out of a smaller amount of fabric? Or is it for maybe. people that have a sway back and it makes the alteration easier? Yeah, maybe you can tell us. Maybe yeah. listeners, you know the reason why. How long did it take to make it, Gemma? I reckon... Probably sort of four to five hours. Perhaps mm-hmm. if I did it again, I might even be able to get that down slightly if I yep. was really on a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but first time, you know, going back, reading the instructions, I reckon probably four and a half hours. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just the back and forth looking at the instructions. And the second one would just flow pretty quickly. I think it took me around about the same amount of time. And I cut it out and then I didn't sew it together for a couple of weeks. And as I'm cutting things out, I write notes in the instruction booklet so that I can refer back to that. And I write any notes in the instruction booklet. And I like to print it out in paper because sewing time is my screen-free time. So I don't want to keep going back to an iPad or a computer. I like to have the paper. And it does mean that I can write anything I need to know on there for next time. I was quite excited because I got to use my uh, Simplicity bias tape maker for the first time, which was very exciting. (laughs) Tell me about it. Is it like making spaghetti? It's a bit like making spaghetti, yeah. You have to wait for it to heat up. Um, You've you've got your piece, your bias strip cut. You put in the attachment and you just sort of pull it through and it's like magic. You have, you know, professionally made bias binding. So that was very exciting. I definitely want to try it out. (laughs) I'll go rock up to your house with just... uh, some strips and like, I'm here to make bias. Sewing friends would understand that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I've got enough sewing-related paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. I don't need to get another thing right now. We can totally share this. It's no problem. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> That's what sewing friends are for. Yeah. One thing that I always um, say for beginners and anybody is that with threads and fabric, Finding something that matches the threads to the fabric is going to actually really make a big difference in how the overall garment looks because if you think about, unless you want contrasting stitching, but you think about something you see in the shop, it's always perfectly matched because they're making thousands of that garment. And I know that it's not always 
you know, feasible to get a new thread for the fabric. But I always do tests with multiple threads just to see which one's going to blend in as much as I would like it to. I think that's great advice. And I think, you know, when you use contrast threads, you have to be quite careful because if you've got any kind of like wobbly stitching, (laughs) um, you know, if you're a bit of a perfectionist, as some of us are, you know, that's going to bother you. So if you've got a really, really good matching thread, you you know, you're you're minimising. Exactly. You're minimising the chances of that happening. The other bit of advice that I would really like to give, particularly if you are just starting out, and I think it actually says on the pattern, don't skip this step, which is the stay stitching bit around the neckline to make sure Mm. that that V area there doesn't stretch because it's really easy because that bit of the garment has been cut on the bias and it's really easy that it could stretch out and you don't want a wrap top to be stretched out in that part there gaping so you have to treat it like a you know a newborn baby when you're dealing with that bit of the garment and you can also stop that from happening by doing your stay stitching and I even put a very small strip of interfacing just around that area to make sure that nothing was going to stretch out yes and if you're going to cut the pattern out and then not sew it for a little while you are best to do those little preparations on the fabric that you've cut and then you can store it and be sure that it's not going to stretch out or anything's going to happen to it while you're waiting to sew it and then that's one step that's already done as well and it's the boring bit let's be honest that everyone usually skips so but don't (laughs) it says in the pattern don't skip it because you might cry at the end (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite part of any pattern making like what's your favorite part of sewing The hemming. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) I think for me, it's when I'm making a bodice and I do the darts and it actually comes from being a flat thing to becoming a 3D thing. And that's when I go, yeah, we're on. I'm making something. I'm excited to see Mm. how it's going to look. I think we can all agree that that is a magical moment. Yeah. That something that comes from a roll of fabric can be 3D and shaped to fit our very much not flat bodies. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And there's always a certain point in sewing the thing when it starts to really take shape. And I think this pattern is kind of, you get two parts of that because you make the pants and then you can try them on and you can make the bodice and you can try that on and then you get to join them together and then it becomes this thing and then it's almost done. You just have to do the hemming. (laughs) I actually hem the bodice as I make it like I hemmed the the sleeves when I made the bodice and then I hemmed the trouser pants when I made that so that when I put it together, it's like so close to being done because at that point you would really want to wear it. I love that tip and I so need to do that when I sew because I don't do that. I wait till the end and mentally I'm like, yeah, it's finished, but I can't wear it because I haven't actually hemmed it. And then the hemming becomes this like, oh, I've got to hem it. (laughs) And it takes longer than, you know, you always think it's going to. So I think I'm going to do that myself. So thank you for that tip. You're welcome. It's like I tell my kids, you (laughs) eat the stuff you don't like first and finish with your favourite things on the plate. Good advice. Time to rate the Zadie. So for the ratings, we're going to be giving each aspect a rating out of five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with um, size inclusivity, which we gave a three out of five. Yes, we found out a little bit more about this from Tara, that even though it says 28 as the biggest size, that it would fit people 30 and above because of the ease. 
I guess the main reason that it's got the three is because it, it has missing sizes from the smaller end. But I think that was what we discussed. I mean, I think I made the second smallest size and I'm not super small. So I was quite surprised by that. And I was sort of thinking, well, there's lots of people out there that, you know, are much smaller than me. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have to do quite a lot of alterations on the pattern. Yeah. And I think if I had daughters, which I don't, and, you know, they were in their teen years, like they might want to make something or I might want to make something for them. And I'd like to use the same pattern that I'm making. And I think that it does exclude those sizes. But I think that that's a whole other block. And I don't think that we should expect to have teen sizing in adult patterns. But it would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think the the generous ease in the pattern does mean that it fits most bodies. And that, from a sizing perspective, is, is, um, is excellent. Well, the proof is in the popularity. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what about the drafting? It's five out of five for me. Yeah, I agree. It's a really well-drafted pattern, very flattering. Um, You know, it all came together really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And even though that we, you know, a lot of us have to change the crotch, it is her intention. So the pattern is exactly as she wanted it to be. And when I make my fleecy pyjama pair, I will not be changing the crotch. (laughs) I will be um, low-crotching when I'm lounging on the couch. That's right. That's a a sitting jumpsuit. Yeah. What's next? So next we have instructions, which we gave a four out of five. And that's mainly because of the underarm tension and just that thing about the bias. Yeah, and I think, you know, it would be quite easy just to put a little bit of instruction in there around that just to get that to to lay really nicely when you press it. Um, But we'll share those tips on our Insta. Yeah. Uh, Next up is difficulty, which we gave a rating of two. Yes, two. Well, we've said it before, there's no fastenings. It's all very simple technique and we think that a beginner or a confident beginner, but I think an absolute beginner could do this. It's a it's a great pattern for a beginner, but it's it's a great pattern all round, but you know, it's accessible really to all all people that own a sewing machine. So yeah, it's it's a great pattern for everybody. And even if you don't have an overlocker, there is instructions to do French seams, which means that you would really only need a sewing machine for that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, if you want to get that finish looking, you know, really good with the French seams and take your time over it, then you've got those options there as well. Okay, pricing. The price of the pattern is £14. So I would say it's in the $2 signs. I would agree with that. Yeah. And the rating scale here is $1 sign, $2 sign or $3 sign, just like a restaurant, (laughs) (laughs) to give you an indication of the price. And that's for a PDF pattern. And I don't think it's available in a printed pattern anymore, is it? Well, it used to be. Okay. Um, So there might be some out there, but you can't purchase it anymore. And So overall, overall score from the sewing club stamps, sewing clubs, how many sewing club stamps (laughs) does this pattern get? Overall, we give it four and a half. Four and a half sewing club stamps. We think it's an excellent all-round pattern and, yeah, we're really excited to make it and very pleased with the outcome. And if you do sew this pattern based on our sewing club podcast, we'd love for you to tag us and let us know that this is where you heard it. Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) 
Before we go, I'd like to introduce you to Sally, who is our podcast coordinator. And she's also the person you may have spoken to if you've ever emailed Kylie and the Machine about an order or anything like that. So she organizes our podcast and she gathers all of the goodies for you to consume. Hey guys, what's the next month's pattern? The next episode's pattern is from Friday Pattern Company. It's the sagebrush top and the lovely Chelsea has kindly gifted you guys 30% off the digital pattern. Awesome. How do they get the discount? Okay, so you can jump on Friday Pattern Company's website Mm -hmm. and pop in all one word sewing club podcast and that's your discount code 30% off that's awesome thank you Chelsea so if you want to follow along and sew the pattern with us get the pattern and we can meet back here next month thanks so much for listening today all the information from today's show can be found in the show notes and we'd love it if you could follow us on instagram sewingclub.podcast and if you've got a few moments we would really appreciate it if you subscribe to this podcast you can even rate and perhaps share with someone that you think might get something out of this episode